Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Oh. So, um, a couple of months ago, we, we taught on honor. I'm sure some of us were around when we taught on honor. And we know that honor is not just in the person, it's the office. So with that understanding from what you brought from a couple of months ago, I want us to honor this man of God. If, if you know that your childhood Christianity was fashion, was influenced by this man of God right here, I want you to give a shout of praise unto God in honor of this man right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, Praise God. Praise God. Um, I, I remember when, I mean, <laughs> we all remember. <laughs> Even when I was not a Christian, uh, the songs featured in my life. Praise God. Wow. Oosh. Can we celebrate him as we usher him out? Praise God. Hallelujah. Ooh. You know, um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting. Like, I had no idea how I was going to do this if you were still here. I, I, I would have. There is grace, but man. Ah. No. Um, so my claim to fame is that I've been rebuked by Ron Kennelly. Well, I mean, has he spoken to you? You know? So yeah, I will frame that. Amen. Since even called the Ron Kennelly, so it's heavy in my mouth. So, Grandpa, Dr. Ron wow. Praise God. Alright, um, Let's let's have our seats. I, I know we've already been blessed, um, but we still need to share the word. Praise God. Okay, so um, we are still on this journey where we are talking about but God. Praise God, and we are going to try and focus on the church a bit um, today. But the church, as we know, is not the building. It's made up of every single person that identifies with Christ. Amen. So some of the things I will say will look like I'm talking to an individual, but in actual fact, I'm actually talking about the church. Okay? So, but you can, you can appropriate it as necessary. All right. Where do we start from? So how many of us know that scripture, First Peter 2.9? 
um, yeah, what? Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Um, but we realize along the way that this is the promise of God towards us. Am I correct? This is what God has called you. He says you are a chosen generation. He says you are a real priesthood. Um, but are there days where, where you don't feel particularly royal? Are there days where maybe rent is due um, and your landlord is on your case? And at that time, I, I dare say that you don't feel <laughs> you don't feel very special at that time. Am I correct? Are there days where you look at the people in your office or you're watching TV or you're on social media and it just looks like everybody who is doing wrong seems to be doing well? Do you, do you have those days where you're like, why am I even here? These guys have been doing this thing for how many years now that I've been here and they've not caught him. And in all of that, he has bought a car. He has his own house. But I say I'm a Christian. Abby? We don't feel like that. Yeah. We are real Christians. Somebody said all the time. I'm not sure that's healthy. <laughs> don't, don't try not to feel like that all the time. Once in a while, it's permissible. Um, in fact, there was a friend of mine who, she, she works in uh, the ministry. And she has been there for a while. And her mates have, you know, the kind of thing where you know they are coming to demolish your building, so you settle with land. I mean, you know those kind of situations. Huh? And because she's principled and all of that, she's like, but I can't do this. But I'm seeing my mates. And these people, their drivers have drivers. You know? And they have land, and they have cars, and they have all this. Because they've been taking, is it kickbacks they call it now? You've been taking all these things over the years, and I'm supposed to be an organ in this place. But I can't. Or is it the one that you hear on social media that somebody just went and just spoiled 50 million in a club? You've heard those kind of stories now. Or they're showing you their watches and they're like, but this, this guy's watch can solve my problem. No, recently I have been like, oh, but seriously, the, the I don't, I'm not asking for much. I don't, I don't need, I'm not greedy. One watch. She just finds his way to my house. And will be good. But it doesn't seem to work that way. It doesn't seem to happen that way. And you now come to church. And then somebody's on your case. Like you don't have enough. That you're already handling at home and with your family and with your work, and then you come to church, and then they say you should come. So, how many of us were here by six six thirty? So you are here by six thirty. How many of us are feeling this heat? I was driving down this morning, and people were driving out of clubs as I was driving out, and I'm coming to church, and these people, in quotes, have had a good time. Abby. In quote. 
You come to church and then you hear about, oh, this man of God misbehaved, he slept with this person, that person got pregnant, or he stole money and all of that. And you're like, so what's the point? Why, why are we even doing this? Where the people that are supposed to be holding up the standard for me are still misbehaving, are living out the things that I'm just playing in my head. Praise God. Sometimes that's where we see the church and we, and we look at what God has said about the church and then we look at the reality, in quotes, of things and we're like, this thing is not, it's not, it's not thinning. It's not, it's not, it's not gelling. This picture doesn't look like what God is saying. And it is from that point where we start to agree with the things that we see and the things that we hear around us when we start to hear them over and over again, you know what that does? It begins to erode hope in our hearts. So, hope. What is hope? Hope is a picture. So if I call somebody here now, I'm not going to call anybody because I'm not sharing this stage. Ron Canelli has been here. Um, but if I, if I call somebody now, and I say you are going to run a race. And then I blindfold the person. And I say, on your mat, get set, go. And then the person starts running. You know the person is just going to run in any direction. It just It's going to be aimless. Because I see a lot of us, we put so much um, weight on faith. Not knowing that faith without hope is like a blind man trying to run a race. Faith is a picture of the end. I'm sorry, hope is a picture of the end. If there is no picture of an end, what are you running for? Where do you want to apply your faith? So faith, hope is almost as important. I, I, I don't know if I can say it, but I think it's, it's as important as faith. But what happens is that life and the devil and situations and the things that we go through because we are not in heaven yet, they start to help us distort the picture of the end. They start to erode what looks like hope in our eyes. Hope is that thing. When the Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, Hebrews 12, uh, I think 2, for the joy that was set before him, he despises the cross, Abby, and he endured the shame. It was a hope that was set before him that made, me, made him able to do that. But if I remove the picture of a future from your face, from before you, then you have lost hope. Now what do you start to do? You know what they call a, a hamster? Have you seen a hamster wheel? where you put a pet in a cage and he's just running on a wheel. Then you will start to do your maths like the world does the maths. You start to look at the dollar rate. Dollar is falling, so let me quickly buy. You stop listening to the Holy Spirit. You start to run like the world. So that's why I call world maths. So the word is saying, buy, buy, buy. Then you should start buying. Meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is saying, wait. 
for a lot of people that traveled, that relocated, for a lot of people, the reason they relocated is because they could not, there was no hope. The reason a lot of us are still planning to relocate is because we don't see an end. Let me put it like this. We don't see an end that is good. If heaven does not help those who help themselves. You know how we start misquoting scriptures and we start doing our own thing. Uh, that's where those scriptures start coming. Scriptures in quotes because they're not scripture. So you feel you need to help yourself so that heaven can help you. Praise God. Let's look at the story of Gideon. Gideon, very briefly, um, okay, we have some time. Um, Judges, I think it's six. Where the story of Gideon, is it six or seven? The story of Gideon, where the angel appeared to him. And you see how, is this working? Judges, story, help me. Okay, yeah, six. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Let's just stop there. I'd like to see these things in my head. So, before all the angel appeared, they were under siege. The enemy had already come in and the Bible says that things were tough. Things were very, very tough. Praise God. And what he was doing at this time, the Bible says that he was threshing wheat, wheat in a wine press. So he was in like a pit, just hiding and trying to sort something out for the family to eat. All right? So the, uh, yeah, so thank you. The angel came to him, sat under a tree. Um, his son Gideon threshed wheat by the wine press to hide it from him in their night. All right, next verse. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. You know that's, is it that, that skate maker that goes, eh, eh, because I'm sure he wasn't feeling particularly mighty at that point in time. He was probably looking around like, it cannot be me they are talking about. And then, the angel says all the things and he still tries to t- test God, obviously, and all of that. We know, hopefully we know the story. I'm not assuming, but hopefully we know the story. But what, what I want us to see here, sometimes situations, circumstances, the press will make you start misusing things. Make you start calling things that be not as though they were. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. Somebody is getting it already. He was threshing wheat in a wine press. He was beginning to get used to Sapa to the point where he's saying, uh-uh, is it not fish head? All the nutrients in the fish are in the head. Why should I buy the whole fish? Are you, are you beginning to see yourself there now? This phone, even though all the people that made it are dead. So they don't even sell the parts again. But this phone is stronger 
Don't look at the rubber band I'm using to hold it. I choose not to change it because it's a good, solid phone. We are trashing with in a wine press. Ah, uh, is it not a bad on there now? If I start walking now. Help me tell somebody what is bad is bad. The reason you need to know that what is bad is bad, and I mean, it feels funny, is that you don't get so used to it that when help comes, because when help comes and you're like, somebody is saying, take full fish, and I'm like, no, head of fish, full protein, it's still there. You've gotten so used to suffering. You've gotten so used to the situation that you've lost grip. On reality. In other words, you can't even see the picture of what is good anymore. I pray that you will not have your vision distorted. That what is bad will always be bad in your eyes. So that you can walk your way out of it. Praise God. Now, um, as much, I mean... I would like to stay on hopelessness. But I don't want us to live here depressed. The Bible says something in um, Job 7. It says there is hope for a tree. That even when it is cut down, projector please help, even when it is cut down, it will spring up again. So I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what it looks like the church is not doing. I don't know how it looks like the church is not being what it's supposed to be. Based on what God has called it to be. But the Bible says there is hope for a tree. If it be cut down, it will sprout again. And the tender branch thereof will not cease. Next verse. It says, though the root um, thereof wax old in the earth, and the stalk thereof die in the ground. Next verse. It says what? Can we read this together? I want to read. Okay, we'll do that again together. One, two, read. Yet, through the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. It says, at the scent of water. But I need to bring something to our notice. Because for a lot of us, because we've experienced the hurt that church can do or can bring to us, we feel it's time to detach from church. But um, a tree that does not have its roots in the ground is a log of wood. The person that needs to get that, I hope I've gotten it. A tree that is not rooted in the ground is not a tree anymore. It is what? A log of wood. It is firewood. The only reason why there is hope for a tree is because the root is still in the ground. So no matter what you think you are going through in church, 
stay in church. Please help me preach to somebody because maybe they didn't hear me. Help me tell them, stay in church. Now, the sense of what I hear is the word. The word comes to you and it tells you, it reminds you that you're a mighty man of valor. So even though you don't look like it, even though you might even be in the wine press, threshing with something will just come and tell you that he that is from above is above all. Um, you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. The first in all things. You prosper in all you do. Then hopes begin, hope begins to spring up in you again. What buttresses this thing? And that's why you need to be in church. That's why you need to constantly be in the company of believers. When I come and tell you that in a hopeless situation, God showed up for me. It will not be hard for you to tap your root into my source and start to hope again and then start to board again like that tree that has been cut down but is now hearing the word that is now smelling water again. Praise God. That's why you can't leave. That's why you cannot leave. I, I, I don't know how else to say this. If you are not rooted, you are just firewood. Don't worry about what you are going through. And that's another thing you need to realize. God is such a master planner that by the time you get to the end of the story, you could not have worked it out anyhow you wanted to plan it. Praise God. But the problem for a lot of us, and this is something else we need to also address. The problem for a lot of us, when I heard this, you know when we talk about, um, how many of us have heard when they say somebody is acting like a main character? Have we heard that before? It's like, an, it's, I mean, you are, you are thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to. That's why they are saying essentially. A lot of us, we behave like we are the main character in this story. Meanwhile, God just called you to come and feature. You are now in your mind. You are taking over the story. And you are not, you are featuring in God's story. David's story without God is not a story. Joseph's story without God is not a story. So stop behaving like a main character. You say, when you come future, they give you one minute. Sing your parts. You take over the song. That's what a lot of us are doing. So when you realize that you are featuring in this story, then you know that, okay, how many of us, I won't even ask, but a lot of us have been, see, they lied to us to come into this kingdom. They told you that when you enter, Everything will be fine. You will get everything you want. God help you if you came on a day that we were sharing testimonies. You think that men, if I enter this thing, and I just want one or two, pa, 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 like that, that everything will be sorted. Some of us had that illusion when we enter the kingdom. Meanwhile, the real story is not that when you enter, you'll get everything you want. 
is that everything will work together for your good. That is a true narrative. So that when, I didn't say if, so that when, when bad things start to happen to you, I'm not cursing you. When you can't pay your rent, when sickness attacks you, when lack comes, when, not if, your stance or your anchor is not, they told me that everything will be fine. They scammed me. It will be that they told me that all things work together for good. So that I know that I'm coming out of this because I am called of God, I, am, I love God, I'm walking in purpose. Do you see the difference? So one, the first thing you need to do, you need to go back and start redefining things. Who am I in this story? Who is God in this story? What has God said? What has God truthfully said in his word? Because it is at the center of water, at the center of the word, the true word, that you will come back to life. That you will regain that hope again. Every other thing will fall. Praise God. So, let's end with this. Um, I think it's Psalm, yeah, Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Let's do 1 to 7. So, this is what we need to constantly do. Constantly. It says, give ear, O my people, to my law. It says, incline your ears to the word of my mouth. Next verse. It says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers told us. It says, we will not hide them from what? Showing to the generation to come the praises of God and his strength and his wonderful works that he has done. Can you see where we are going with this? Let's go on. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should make them known to their children. Next verse. That the generations to come might know them, even the children which which should be born, who should arise and declare them to what? To their children. Next verse. That they might what? Did you you get that? The solution to hopelessness is sharing the stories. You think your testimony is small until you hear about what somebody else is going through. And you see that your own testimony is actually the thing that will keep that person running. He says what? That they might set their hope in God. When you are sharing the testimonies of God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's love, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, God's power, God's might, God's grace, you are triggering something in somebody else who will tell somebody else. If you tell, there was a time, okay, um, in 2010-2011 when I was doing my master's um, and I was in the UK, we had, we're going for cell meetings, as weekly cell meetings. And, um, every meeting, every single meeting, because we went by faith. There was no money, but we went by faith. Every single cell meeting, we had a testimony. 
and all all our cell um, fellowship members were all white, apart from one who was actually a Nigerian. Funny enough, every single meeting we had a testimony. This is what God did for us. This is God, how God came through for us. After a while, I don't know if it's because they are white and all of that. But like, why do you always have testimonies? And then we taught them. And we told them, we let them understand that we are not taking the things you call coincidence. There is no coincidence with us. We see God's hand in everything because we know how we got here. We see how God is orchestrating things to make sure that we come out giving glory to him. That is why we have testimonies. So we are looking out for testimonies. The next, I think is Wednesdays. The next Wednesday, one of the people, like, let me try the testimony. Because I started looking for God's hand in my life. I've seen God's hand. A lot of us, we, see, we, have, we have testimonies, eh? But we don't recognize God in it. So when somebody else is telling you that the reason I'm testifying is that, and that was one of the people, the reason I'm testifying, so you, praise God, don't be angry. Uh-huh. The reason, because now we meet them have that testimony mindset, how to see God in everything. So when, when, when the testimony is outside is flowing, now start hearing things like, I'm testifying that I was not alone at Christmas. Do you see how you can start seeing God? When somebody else is sharing their testimony, I'm like, wow. So it's not, don't wait for somebody to call you to drop, come on the road, stop you, and say, see this GLE, take it. I change in my spirit. That she released. Don't wait for that. Teach people to start seeing God in all the little things. Teach your children to start seeing God in every single thing that happens to you. So that when there's a scripture, maybe I will share that in second service. When things are happening, and there's the opportunity for you to lose hope. You are going to a more sure word. You are going to the word of God. You are going to the ways of God. You are going to go to, to you, are, you are relying on God's hand rather than everything that is happening around you. That's how we keep hope. That's how we can keep hope. If not, you will be like that blind person. That you say, yeah, start running. You start playing football on a basketball court. You don't even know where to score, how to score. Because there's no picture, there's no end in sight. See, a lot of people in this life, that's how they will live and that's how they will die. If you make the mistake to think that because they amassed money, that means they were scoring. You know what? The first thing I said, go back to their definitions. Then you realize that it's not about the money anymore. You know that you have no business envying the person that can actually sell his watch and solve all your problems. 
you will feel sorry for them instead when you have your definitions right. Praise God. So I, I, I would like us to pray. I want us to pray that, one, the things that have hit you to the point where you have started redefining life and redefining the things that are happening to you in church, wherever. You know the things God has told you. He says some things to you. He says some things to the church. And that's why I say God is such a master planner that by the time you are seeing the end of the story, you know, you might, might not even know all the why while you are still here on this earth. You might not know why you had to go through that season of lack. You might not know. That season of barrenness, you might not know. And you might know as well. So I pray that your eyes will be open to even see a part of the why. So that you have a reason to keep running. That hope will rise up in you again. That you will not give up to the point where you are willing to disgrace your faith. You are willing to compromise your faith. You realize that you are part of a bigger story. And that your decisions actually determine whether you feature or not in this story. The decisions you make. I dare say that if Joseph had not done the right things, it won't be the story of Joseph. Joseph would just be somebody else that lived and died. So the decisions you make now about God will determine whether you feature in this story. So I want you to pray that Lord awaken the dead parts in me. The things that have have been seared to the point where it doesn't feel anymore. To the point where you, I, I can't even tell what is right from wrong, what is light and what is dark. Bring to life everything that is dead within me. Bring to life all the areas that I've just pushed to one side just so that I can survive. And then help me to see you in this story. The times when I feel that I'm alone, times when I feel I've been offended, help me to see a bigger picture beyond what is happening to me today. These are very potent prayers. This will determine whether you run to the end or not. The Bible says that Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he was able to despise the things he went through. He was able to bear the things that he went through. So if you don't have an end in sight, every single thing will offend you. Every single thing will look like it's the end of the world. And that after this problem, there is nothing again in life. So let me find any means necessary to solve this one problem. So I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everybody here. You said that at, at that sense of water, the tree will bud again. I pray that something, they will hear something. You will lead them somewhere. Somebody will be sent to them. A word will come to them. They will find themselves opening their Bibles and you will speak life to them again. 
that the dead areas will come to life again in the name of Jesus. And I know that your promises are yea and amen. So everything you have said concerning them, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. They will see it. In their lifetime, they will see it. You promised them. And we know that your words will not fall to the ground. But rather, they will go forth to accomplish everything you have sent it to do. So I pray for the strength. I pray for the grace. I pray for the heart to be able to endure until we attain in the name of Jesus. I pray for your church. I pray that we'll begin to look more and more like that image. That thing that you have called us to. You said we are a royal priesthood. A lot of times we don't look it. We don't look it. If we are being honest, we do not look it. But we know that your hand is still in the matter. So you are already at work in us to will and to do of your good pleasure. In the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you are not born again, I'd like to pray with you. Um, hope outside of God is not hope. It's pure wishful thinking. Hope needs to be anchored on a promise. Hope needs to be anchored on a promise for it to be effective. If all you are thinking in life is one day it will be better. You know people that have passed already and it would never go better for them. Now, we don't only have a hope in this life that it will be good for us. We have an eternal hope because Jesus died, he rose again, and he went and he said we are coming to join him. So that's another level of hope that we have. That it doesn't end here. So if you are not born again, I'd like to invite you. Come and know Jesus. You need to know Jesus. So that your hope can be premised, can be based on a promise. Everything else is futile. You will run this rat race and then you will die. And then there's, you'll find out that there is an eternity after this life. So if you're not born again, just lift your hand above your head. Let me pray with you. You have anybody here, you're not born again, you, but you've, you've lost your way with God. Maybe, maybe you were even born again at the time. But because life showed you, you decide to start to just put your faith aside. This Christianity thing, let me just, let me just put it to one side. Let me sort myself out first. So that might be you. You might have backsliding. Let me pray with you. A tree that is not rooted is a log. It's just a piece of firewood. So if you have anybody, do you have anybody? Just where you are, just stand up. Let me, let me see who I'm praying with. You can stand. Just stand where you are. Hallelujah. Praise God. Please put your hand on your chest. Anybody that is praying, just put your right hand on your chest and say this was up for me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the word. I thank you because this service was for me. I give my life to you. I ask that you come into my heart. I accept you today as my Lord and my Savior. I ask that you wash me of all my sin. 
forgive me. Bring me into the family. In the mighty name of Jesus, I receive the grace to serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Father, for I'm born again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, can you just go with, I'm sure there's somebody, just go with the usher close to you. Let's, let's just minister a few things to you. Let's talk to you. Let's get to know you a bit more. Um, church, were we blessed this morning? Were we blessed by the ministry of Dr. Grandpa Ron Cannoli? Can we just celebrate God? Can we give God praise? Hallelujah. Praise God.